Hi guys, thanks for tuning in this episode of Nick Egan Times. On this episode, we have a fantastic guest, a true legend of music and acting. We have the incredible Melba Moore. Melba is a Tony Award-winning and four-time Grammy nominee. Melba has been inducted into the Rhythm and Blues Hall of Fame. Melba has Melba has had such an incredible career as a singer and actress. Melba is a truly a triple threat in the world entertainment industry, winning top honors in music, theatre, and television. Melba has just released a new incredible album, Imagine. Welcome to the multi-talented Melbourne. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. How's it all been going over there? Really nicely. Good. Incredible. All right. Tell me how, since the pandemic uh, began a couple of years ago, how has that affected you, obviously, in the industry, personally and professionally? Oh, I guess in a few ways. First of all, we've had to be really, really careful about our health. I always was, but now I'm even more so. Um, even though sometimes, for instance, they don't require you in certain places to wear a mask, I wear one because, um, first of all, I don't want to get laryngitis. I don't want to lose my voice. So I guess I'm in the habit of being extra careful. That's one thing. And of course, um, <clears throat> the times that I have when, when I'm not working are kind of solitary and focused on what I'm going to do and you know I'm so I'm used to spending time alone but everybody's on the same page <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm listening to people talk about I'm so lonely and I don't do this and I don't do that. I said well I do that all the time <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure in some ways um I don't know but it just seems like to me that um the life of a solo artist is very solitary so the, when everybody else complains about the same thing, I'm saying, well, what's wrong with them? <laughs> I totally understand that. I totally get that. All right, let's jump straight into it. Tell me about how it all began for you. And, you know, you've had obviously such longevity and a consistent career. Yeah, how did, how did it all start for you? Well, I started with a single mother who was a professional singer. And so uh, <clears throat> she, um, my father was a musician, but they did not marry, but he's a very famous uh, band leader by the name of Teddy Hill. So people can Google him and find out who he was. So my point is that it's in my DNA. Right. And then my, my mother married uh, a musician and they worked together. Uh, and now instead of being an only child and with kind of a broken family, I have, uh, well, my stepfather had a, a, a son, a daughter, and later on we had two more brothers. So now I have a whole family. I have siblings, I have cousins, aunts, uncles. So that's very important because your, your family is your first community. And now, instead of there being no music in my family, music is the centerpiece of my family because my stepfather was a piano player. He made us all take piano lessons. So now I'm studying to be a musician at 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very, very different from the time that my mother married my stepfather. And now instead of music just being in my DNA, it's the centerpiece of my life. Wow. You how I, get, you, I guess you meant how did I get started as a performer? Well, first you have to study. <laughs> wow, that's great insights. Um, all right, tell me about the new album, Imagine, and what was the inspiration behind it and the process? Well, the inspiration was my daughter. So she's like the executive producer of it because she brought it to me over a period of three or four years, about a year or two ago, before the, well, more than that, I guess, before the pandemic. 
and she brought it to me like one song at a time. And she brought it from her uh, uncle, who is the brother of my ex-husband, who used to be the head of my career. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yeah, this is great, honey. What am I going to do with this? I don't have nothing to do with them no more. So what am I going to do? So she said, well, Uncle Bo says, would you just take this first song, go in this, learn it, go in the studio and see what you think of it. So we did that um, one song at a time over a period of years. And then we wound up with 10 songs. And so my daughter comes back to me and says, well, we got 10 songs, man. We could put an album out if you want to. So we, we didn't have any preconceived notion about what it should be. It was just a series of really wonderful songs that came together. And so she said, well, what do you think? I said, well, I have no idea. You guys have to sequence it so I can see what we have. So they sequenced it. I thought we have a beautiful album. I said, oh, I'm really surprised to hear it all together and to hear it mastered and to hear what I sound like. I said, I think we have a wonderful album. That's how it came together. We didn't have a concept. We didn't have a label. We, we now, but we didn't have an executive producer. <laughs> It was just, I guess it was a labor of love, really. You feel like doing it, you want to do it, you do it. There are no restrictions. We didn't have any particular genre to hand it to or any particular audience. It was just songs that we thought were beautiful. Wow, that's incredible. Well, any, any you know, going off your history with music, they're all great music. So I could imagine how um, well put together that album is. So, yeah, well done on that. Um, all right, tell me about your acting career. You, you've had such an esteemed acting career, especially in the Broadway scene. What, what, what has that been like? And what has been some of the um, performances that really stand out in your career that you have the fondest memories of? That's a difficult question, only because I didn't plan to be an actor. I was a school teacher. And then I told my stepdad who made me take piano lessons, Okay, daddy, you want me to be a school teacher? I did it and I wanna see if I could be a performer. So would you please take me around to your friends and see if I can get into the industry? And he did, we started making the rounds. But one of the, I met a lot of people, but one of the first people I met was Valerie Simpson of Ashford and Simpson. But she was like a studio singer. She wasn't, let, she wasn't yet a big songwriter. So we exchanged numbers and she got me involved with backup singing in uh, studio work. To make a, a long story a little bit shorter, one of the recording sessions was for Galt McDermott who wrote the music for the Broadway show, Hair. And they were still casting for it. So they invited us all to come down and sing for the um, director producer. And that's how I got my first Broadway show. But before I left the show, they had so many people doing the female lead and they weren't happy with them. Um, they let me audition for it and I wound up being the first black actress to replace a white actress in a lead role when I replaced Diane Keaton. So it was an unusual life and, and opportunities for me once I got into show business. Um, while I was still in the Broadway show here, I found out about auditions for what became my second Broadway show, which was Pearly. And that was a musical, but for Pearly, I got the Tony Award. So. <laughs> I didn't really have an agent yet, but I was trying, I was actually, when I, when I worked for Pearly, one of the girls in hair told me I should start learning how to audition because I didn't really know how to audition. So I was trying to learn how to audition, but I got the part, I got the Tony Award, 
And I got on everybody's television show. I was on a Flip Wilson show. I was on Ed Sullivan show. I was on Tonight Show. I, uh, um, I was on Carol Burnett's show. I, everybody's show, I was a guest on there. So that's how the world got to know who I was. So I really became a star on TV after television. So I think that's memorable. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's, that's incredible. Well, tell me, what was your mindset? when this was all happening like how i guess how did you feel like obviously it was all happening i guess rapidly and quite fast as well how 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 were you feeling like what was the emotions and how was yeah how was that like well most of the time i was scared you know how like when you're getting ready to go on stage because you're always getting ready to go on stage and it's always something a little bit new and so, something that you really haven't you don't have any experience that i mean we're not we certainly not a veteran at it yet so most of the time you're scared, but I, I felt like, but you know what? I felt like I, I was still where I belonged. It was new and it was, it was crazy, but I felt like I was where I belonged. But this was okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But strange, you know, exciting. Of course it's exciting. And, and you're just wondering, you know, like, oh my God, oh my God. You're always like that. Oh my God, oh my God. But it's, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Um, I love your hit too, This Is It. Tell me about that. Um, that was re-recorded too. Um, here in Australia, Danny Minogue um, re-recorded it and sang it as well. Obviously became a big hit. Um, tell me about that. That's That, that was an incredible that? song. This Is It? Oh, This Is It. Oh, that's by, that was written for me by Van McCoy. Now, Van, Van is well known all over Europe because he, he brought disco to the world, not just to America and not just to UK. Uh, but um, when I did get a manager <laughs> and a recording company, we got Van McCoy and asked him to write some songs and do some things for us. The record company did that. I think my first record company was, um, was, the, was it Mercury or Buddha? One of my early record companies oh. went and got Van McCoy and asked him to do some music for me. He wrote, this is it for me. Wow, yeah, that's a that's a legendary song, and I still listen to it this day. It's, it's great. Yeah. About your Tony Award and winning the full time, well, actually being nominated for the Grammys. How was that? How did that make you feel? And even recently, you've been um, inducted into the Hall of Fame for Rhythm and Blues. That's 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 just that's that's incredible. Tell me about that and how that's made you feel. Well, um, <clears throat> over the years. Um, going to the Grammys and seeing all the different parties and the, the different excitement. That's been very, very, very exciting. Now that I'm older and mature <laughs> and being, uh, you know, have, having some of my artifacts put into the Grammy Museum and um, they're going to be put into the Smithsonian, I feel like I can kind of stop a minute and say, you know, I've really had an incredible life and I have a achieve some things that other people consider important enough to put into a museum. So I, I've really done okay. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're so busy looking at the present or, or the future. What's, what's next? What's, you know, what's, what's coming? What's coming next? Don't really think about that. And uh, as I was gathering some of the, um, the artifacts together, I realized, oh my God, I got a storage full, I got a house full of all these awards and uh, achievements and I don't pay any attention to them, but I'm stopping for a moment and realizing, first of all, I am mature. I feel like I'm a teenager, but I'm not. No. I got to recognize, stop, take time and 
first of all, this is people saying they appreciate what you do. It's not just how you feel about things. I did this and oh, 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 or I, I, it's okay, wait a minute. People took time to give you these awards. They took time to support your life and your career. When you had challenges and you kind of fell off the pedestal there, they helped you back up again. <laughs> They're still here for you. And I said, oh, I got to take a moment, not just say thank you, but really kind of appreciate, first of all, being alive these days with all the difficulties that are happening, being thankful, slow down a minute. <laughs> And, and um, I'm not sure what the word is, but appreciate, appreciate. Try to appreciate. Oh. And I think, it's, you know, you can, you can ask me what I think about it. But if I asked you what you thought, I don't know if you'd be able to answer me so well, because it's, you, what you're talking about is what other people see you as. You know, maybe you don't even see yourself that way. Um, I, I got to because, well, you know, in, in a public business, the people with the other half of your act. If you don't have them, you don't have it. So it makes you stop a moment, at least consider those things from their point of view and then say, you know what? I want to respect myself a little bit. I, I want to take care of what I have. I want to be um, not only grateful, but look at what I'm saying, what I'm doing in front of people because you have an influence on them and you want it to be a good one. You want, you want to appreciate people for being the other half of your life. Yeah, for sure. And from a personal opinion, you know, you're very humble, you're very down to earth, you're very gracious, I can see that. And yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're an inspiration, especially to the younger generation to um, obviously, have, as I said earlier, the longevity you've had and the consistency. So yeah, well done. What, um, what motivates you daily and inspires you? God. So I'm a born again Christian, and I, um, I'm going to stop apologizing for being religious because he created everything. He created romantic love, everything. And now that I'm mature, and I've been through romances, and I have my family, and I have my career, I, I've been ill sometimes, and I've been able to recover. I think the overall overriding thing is that God is in charge, and I want to, uh, even if it means being religious, um, make him first, middle, and last. And that way, I, I think I can appreciate other people and, and understand that he cares the same about them. <laughs> I mean, he's been so good to me, I could think I'm, I'm better. But she reminds me, I have to treat them like I want him to treat me. <laughs> Spectacular. Tell me, um, what, what's been the best advice you've received? The best what? Advice you've received. Advice? Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, there's been lots of really, really good advice, but I think the, the, the best advice is um, always be willing to get back up again if you fall. Um, try to look at everything every day, even if you're relaxing and kind of take stock of what's going on and stay on top of things. Uh, when I say stay on top, I mean, especially if, if you're mature, but even if you're not, learn even as a young person to stay in charge of yourself. So nobody has to reprimand you. Nobody has to order you. If they do, you can take um, requests. I won't say orders. Re request nicely. Uh, but um, try to keep things in order. And right now, this project is really going very nicely for me. So you can get tired. You can get bored. 
You can get unappreciative. You can say, well, you know what? I don't feel like doing that. You can't do that. <laughs> you got to keep, you got to, you got to, you got to stay nice. You got to stay on top. You've got to keep things in order. And it's going to be hard work. I mean, nothing worth anything usually is, is, is easy. Even if it's simple, it's probably not going to be easy. You're going to have to work. That's great. That's, that's excellent. Um, you've done a lot of traveling um, around the world. Where's been some of the best places you've traveled and some of the best memories of that? Actually, uh, the place I guess I've been to uh, most often and the place that's nicest to me and is UK because you, I've been to all kinds of venues there. It, there's a great variety. You treat American artists with such great respect. You know art history, you know the ins and outs. You care about us um, in a different way than our own people do. My, my uh, Americans are, I don't know, maybe even especially since the pandemic are getting it to be more um, interested in the person, not just the hit, you know. And I think the systems have changed. So people, in some cases, look at, oh, my music's gone. What am I going to do? So you, you, say, <laughs> you know, or in, in some cases, you know, a, a lot of our people, family members and artists have passed away. So you uh, um, take on a different feeling about another human being. But I would say UK is kind of my, my favorite because they're, they're consistent. You know, they don't throw you away because you're not 15 anymore. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but they don't. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. What, um, what are your hobbies and passions aside from your busy schedule, I guess, in the entertainment industry? What do you like to do aside from that? I haven't had an opportunity to do an awful lot aside from that because things have been changing. I've had to change roles. But what I'm going to do... When I get home, I'm going to go someplace warm and swim. I like to swim. Nice. Any any places in particular, your favorite warm places to travel to or go to? I used to remember them, but it's been so long to, since I've been someplace. I just get to a, <laughs> if I can get to a nice Olympic-sized pool and just swim laps. <laughs> but um, I'm... Uh, nothing comes to mind right now, but there are many, many wonderful places I'm, I'm going to go because I, I, I love outdoors. Uh, I like to walk hills. I won't say mountains, but I like to walk hills. And um, I like outdoors. I like that a lot. Right. So, I mean, I, I like to swim, but I like the cold too. <laughs> I guess that's why, I, you know, I like New York and the Northeast because we have uh, changes of uh, seasons. I mean, to me, like where I live right now, we have some hills, but they're rocky hills. They have trees on them. So like now they're all green. It's like a green wall, but, but it's, it's not a wall. It's not a forest because you know, like in September, that's all gonna turn red. And then in December, it's all gonna be bare again. I'm, and I'm gonna be amazed again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um if you were 18 again and you could change anything in your life or career, what would you change? I would be taller. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm so small. And that's okay, but I, I wonder what it would be like. I think if I were taller, 
people would treat me in a different way. Not better, but I think they would treat me different. They would, first of all, they would look up to me. <laughs> I think they look up to you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, all I would really do, and I don't want to get really serious, I want to have peace in the world. I really would. It really concerns me that we can't get along. And, and of course, it is important. But you asked me if I could have anything, I really would have people get along and love, love one another. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Um, where do you see your future headed? Obviously, you've had such a STEM career and everything you're doing, your album. Where, where do you see, I guess, the future for yourself headed? Well, I see this album, perhaps, I hope, and I think it could be one of the most successful ones I've had. And I think that if it goes where I want it to go, then it will build my daughter's company. And I'll see the kinds of things that she has in mind that she wants to do. She has different ideas. I'd like to support her. And then uh, not just support her. Then she's going to bring all her friends and all, all, all the people of her age. I'd like to support the next generation. I'd like to teach some of the things I know. I've learned some incredible things. And um, I'm, I'm going to write some books and do it that way. But I'd like to help maybe start some companies and different outlets for people to have opportunities. I think I'd like to do that. So, so I'm, I'm really active, but I, I don't have um, the danger of, you know, my record not being a hit or yeah. <laughs> not making money. Like, you know, if I have everything that I want, then I would like to invest in the future and, and do some experimenting, maybe some things that I haven't really even thought about because I haven't had time to think about things. So maybe sit back a minute and say, let's see, maybe I'll just, maybe, maybe I'll be one of those people who go up in one of them, um, um, what do you call it? William Shatner, Shatner what do you, remember if you went up in the, the space shuttle? Yeah, yeah. I'll do that, go up and see what it looks like from up there. <laughs> That would be amazing doing that. <laughs> I mean, there's some amazing things that we can do now and some things I'm not thinking of because I've been so focused and busy, but we're going to be able to do other things. There'll be a lot of things that we're, we're going to be able to do because uh, uh, invention is increasing. And I think, you know, as we've had this pandemic, um, some terrible things have happened, but um, medicines and cures are going to increase. And um, we're going to live longer and healthier. So, you know, maybe when I'm 95, I'll go skating. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible, um, the technology and how all these platforms have evolved, especially during the COVID period, too. It's just um, amassed really fast. Going back to when you first started and were starting out, and obviously during your career, to where the industry now, how much has that changed? Like, if you could go, if you could compare, like, what is the difference? And as you mentioned, it's going to a different level, just the inventions and the technologies evolving so much. Tell me about that. What, what's what's the difference been like? Like, how, well, what, I, I, think, I think it's very much diverse culturally and racially much more diverse. Some of the problems we still have, we still don't get along, there's still racism. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but I think we've progressed. And, and I think with the fact that each one of us, whether we really mean to be or not, are kind of selfish, that progress is important. 
And I think we'll continue. Uh, of course, and I believe in God, don't I, in miracles. <laughs> but I think we'll progress. I think that's the most important thing because whatever else we do is really not going to matter if we can't get along. But I think we will. And so, so because of that, I think, you know, one of the things I'd like to see happen is that we really learn, especially from industry, about um, better lifestyle. Because, I, I mean, I can remember when I was growing up, I don't remember hearing about so many cancers. We have more treatments now, but I think we have um, more things that cause cancer as well. So I, I hope we learn to teach each other and learn about actually taking care of the life that we have. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. Great insights. And thank you for sharing. Uh, Melba, thank you for coming on the podcast. I do appreciate it. Um, you know, you're a legend. I'm very humbled to interview you and thank you. And your new album too, Imagine, um, incredible. And yeah, thank you. Thank you again. Yeah, just an absolute legend and a star. Well, I've enjoyed this very much. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you.